Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. All right, now grab your Bibles, notebooks, text OLC notes to 94,000. You can get those to your phone. And we're gonna jump back into the series that we are calling The Church We See. The Church We See. And we're talking about our core values. And I wanna recap the ones real quick that we've gone through. And I have to read them and recap because otherwise I will preach them again. And that won't do anybody any good. All right. So we talked the first week about our foundation, the most important part of what we build. And that is Jesus is our foundation. He's the one that we build our lives on. There we go. He's the one that we build our lives on, uh, lives and our church on, and the salvation that we anchor our souls in. His words bring life and enable us to mature as we follow him. Amen? Amen. Then last week, we talked about community. Community as our lifeline. And just to let you know, we have had one of the coolest, strongest starts to small groups yet. It is fantastic. We have amazing groups that are going. They're already starting to meet, and it's just really cool to hear what God's doing. You can still jump into those. If you haven't joined a group, you can do that and uh, and be a part of that. It's on the website and the app and all of that. Community, our lifeline. We love the church and believe it is the vehicle of hope to the world. We also believe it to be a lifestyle, not just a single service. We are a community on mission, and it is our joy to live out that mission together. Come on. We get to do life together, and that's so awesome to be able to do. Today, we're, we're going to talk about uh, our calling. We're going to talk about our calling, because it's really important for us to be able to understand, as we are a church on mission, a community on mission, what is the whole point? What are we called to? What has God put us in Nampa, Caldwell, Meridian, Boise, wherever you live? What has God called you, Melba, all of Middleton? I, I can keep going. Yeah, I just keep going all day. Uh, all of the spaces that he's put us in, what is that for? Well, it's people. As I look at the Bible, I see that the calling of the church is people. What God has anointed us for is people. It's to take the gospel to people. It's to love people. It's to encourage people. It's to lift people up. This is what is, we've called, been called to do. So here at One Life, people are our calling. We say it this way. The church is not a building, but a people. This is one of the, the, the coolest things to actually process as a mobile church because we understand this to a whole new level, right? This isn't our our building, right? We meet at the Civic Center, but how cool is it to remind us on a weekly basis that we are the church. The Civic Center is not the church. We are the church. And so as we gather together, we get to be the body of Christ. We get to be the church together. It's actually really cool to think about that. Wherever you meet, that's where the church is. So when you get together in homes, two, three families, whatever it is, you're the church. When you get together and and, and share breakfast just as a family together, you're the church. Now there's something beautiful about the gathering together of the whole body of Christ and the whole church and the whole family of one life in one place, but it's a people, it's not a building. Now, obviously, we're praying for a building, so you know, so I'm going to get text messages. So are we not wanting a building anymore? Or, you know, no, we're, we're still moving towards a building. 
We exist to reach people and help them grow. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God and our neighbor as ourselves. And in everything we do, we bring the life-giving hope of Jesus to everyone. This is what we are all about. This is what we're called to. This is what we function as, okay? Now, what's cool about this calling is it's for people that are just coming into the church and just into a relationship with God, but it's also with those who have walked with God for maybe their entire life. The calling is the same. It's to help people to move forward in their walk with God. Some of the things that we're going to talk about today probably are going to feel a little bit similar to last week because the two coincide very much. Community, you got, in order for there to be a community, there has to be people. Like, that's real simple math here. <clears throat> so, uh, so you have to have those two things working together. But people, people, the core of this. Now, a passage that I want to go to today and spend a few minutes in is, uh, is a passage that um, Jesus is talking to Peter and it's after uh, he rose from the dead and right before the ascension. It's probably actually the last conversation, it's at least it's the last recorded conversation that Jesus had with Peter. I'm sure they talked more, but it's the last recorded conversation that we have with, between Jesus and Peter. Just to give you a little bit of backstory and context, Peter, during the crucifixion and all of that, had actually denied, and Jesus said he was going to do this, he denied three times that he even knew Jesus. Pretty weighty. And then he went out and he wept and he was broken because he had denied Christ. But the thing I love about Christ is he never gives up on us. He never gives up on us. He never gives up on you or me. And, and the, the cool thing that we see is, is the story of redemption that Jesus had with Peter. The story that Jesus had that wasn't done at the cross. There was more to it. The denial and the rejection wasn't the end. Jesus had a greater plan for Peter. And so we see this interaction that he had had here with Peter and I, and I want to jump into this today and read it and then pull a couple of things out because as I was studying it this week, some things really popped out to me that hadn't before. And so I want to give these to you because I think it's really cool. Uh, John 21 and verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, so what had happened is, is the, the disciples went out and fished because that's what they knew to do. And Jesus was on the shore and he called to them and said, hey guys, come, I got breakfast. And they were like, who is that, right? And Peter finally got it, jumps out of the boat, swims to shore. They realize it's Jesus and they come to have this time and Jesus serves them breakfast. So cool. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the things going around? Do you love me more than these other situations? Do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you, you know I love you. Like, why are you asking me again? And he said to him, tend my sheep. And then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved <laughs> because he said, him, he said that to him the third time. Peter's like, what in the world is going on with this? He said to him the third time. And he said, you know everything. You know that I love you. 
So Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now what's interesting about this passage is Jesus is going to hit on a couple major things that are going to be themes for Peter's life. If you remember correctly, that the, when, when, when Jesus called Peter at the very beginning, what did he tell him? He said, you are going to be a fisher of men. You're going to be anointed to go out and to bring people in to the family of God, to go out and preach the gospel and call people into a relationship with Jesus. There was this very much this missional component to the calling of Peter. But it's interesting now that at this last recorded conversation between Jesus and Peter, Jesus takes one of the, the metaphors, one of the symbols, one of the relationships that is his absolute favorite, and he uses this with Peter. Because yes, Peter was going to go and he was going to be someone who would actually go and call people into a relationship with him, with Jesus, but he actually had something more that he wanted Peter to be able to do. In this moment, I love the fact that what Jesus was seeing in Peter and calling out in Peter was the potential of what was going to be, not where Peter was in that moment. The thing I love about how Jesus works is he does that in each of our lives. Jesus never calls us because of where we're at right now. Jesus never looks at you and says, okay, you finally got it all together. Now I guess I can use you. Like he doesn't do that. Jesus always calls you because he sees something in you and knows what he's going to do through you. How many of you are thankful that, that God just didn't wait for you to be perfect to call you? Amen. You don't have to have it all figured out, sorted out, and, and, and perfect in order for him to use you. He uses the imperfect. If you look all throughout scripture, there's a bunch of imperfect people. Just look at Peter. Loudmouth, compulsive, arrogant, angry, fisherman. I think you could probably put that label on some of us. All of us. <laughs> but Jesus calls him in this. The, the, the key of this whole point of what Jesus is going to hit on here is the fact that one of the evidences that we love God is how we love people. So, so this is, this is, Jesus is going to really hit this with Peter right now and, and, and let him know how important this really actually is. The words used in here are so beautiful because of what Jesus does. He uses this word feed, and he uses this word tend, and he uses this word lamb, and he uses the word sheep. And he does this really, really for, for a very specific reason, okay? The, the Greek behind the idea of the word feed is to nourish, it's to, it's to nurture, it's to support, it's to meet the needs of so Jesus says, listen, Peter, I'm calling you in your imperfect ways. And even in spite of sin, in spite of doubt, in spite of betrayal, I'm calling you in the middle of that. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to feed my lambs. Well, okay, so you want me to feed, right? So there's a natural component here to meeting the physical needs of somebody. But then Jesus goes and he uses this word called tend. And in the Greek, the idea of tend is to actually guide someone. It's to, it's to shepherd them. It's to help them. So he has two different things going on. I want Peter, I want you to be somebody 
who nourishes, who helps, who supports, who helps provide, who helps people grow in their life. And by the way, I also want you to be a shepherd. I want you to be someone that tends hearts. I want you to be a guide. I want you to be somebody that comes along and helps. It's both of those things working simultaneously. Now, the thing I love about this fact right here is that what Jesus is calling Peter to do is not something that he just calls pastors to do. He calls every person who is part of the body of Christ to do. We all as the body of Christ are called to feed and care for and nurture and help those around grow. But we're also called to come alongside and to tend and to care for and to help and nurture and help move people forward in their relationship with God. It's both of these things working hand in hand. And then Jesus uses two things. He says, listen, not only do I want you to feed and I want you to tend. I want you to tend my lambs, my lambs. What are lambs? Individual sheep. In this moment, Jesus is making a distinction here between the need to care for the individual and the need to look for the flock. Both of those happening at the same time. So, so let, me, let me bring it full circle for us right now. If our calling is people, what Jesus is doing in the same way that he did to Peter, is he's saying, listen, I'm calling you to feed, to be those that come alongside to help support, to help lift up, to help encourage, to walk along somebody when they're, when they're weak and when they're walking through something, to strengthen them and to support them and help them. But I'm also calling you to be a people that help to guide and move people forward in their relationship with God. I'm calling you to be people that at times it will be actually hard, but you need to actually call out some difficult things so that people can actually know the truth and move forward in the truth. I'm calling you to be a people that when people have given up on people and, 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 and backs churn and all that, I'm calling you to be a people that care for them individually. I'm also calling you to remember the body, the body of Christ, the church. For, 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 for people to be our calling, we need to have eyes and we need to have the Holy Spirit to help us to go, Father, help me to see what an individual needs in that moment and to be able to meet the need of what is taking place in their life in that moment. To know exactly the space that they're in, to recognize it, to have, the, it's really just Holy Spirit wisdom to be able to understand what they're walking through and be able to sit in that moment with them. So here's the thing about that and seeing people where they're at in their different situations of life, you don't always have to have all the right answers. You don't always have to have all the right words to say. You just simply have to be someone who's the hands and feet of Jesus that's ready. So when God says, listen, I want you to be with that person in this moment, we are. But also, I want you to be people, God's saying this, who are looking for how can my life better the whole how can my life better our church? What can I do? How can I be involved? How can my life bring value to the church, to the body of Christ? And, and, and the cool thing with this is this is not like rocket science and like, you, you know, there's, you have to figure out your thing. No, it's when we are who God created us to be, we bring our talents, our gifts, our abilities, and we position ourselves in a place to be used by God. He uses us to strengthen one another. And this is the whole crux of this. This is everything that Jesus is saying. He's saying, Peter, I want you to feed. I want you to tend. I want you to be aware of, and I want you to care for the people that I'm going to be bringing into your life. 
For us at One Life, for our calling, my prayer is that we would have a Holy Spirit awareness to the people that God brings. Awareness in, in, in one of two things. Awareness in the, the, the people that are coming in and finding a home, but also the awareness of what is going on specifically in a person's life. To be able to actually be there with that moment, like I already said. This is what Jesus is calling Peter to do, and it's the same thing that Jesus calls us to do. Now, in our, our last few moments here, what I want to do is I want to give you a few culture pieces for, for our church. These are going to be really practical, but I think that for us to really wrap our minds around this idea of what God has called us to do, to, to feed, to tend, to care for the body, and to care for each other, there, there's some culture pieces that we're really wanting to build into one life. And the cool thing is, is that these already exist. These are things that are there. We're just praying and believing that God continues to grow these things in our church, okay? I'm gonna give you these. There's four of these. They're on your notes. One is, as a church, we are a culture of belonging. A culture of belonging. We want our church to be a place where people can find a home. Find a place where they can grow in their walk with God. Now, now the thing about finding a home is there is acceptance and there is love, but like any family, there's also challenge. There's, there's, there's challenging one another to be able to actually grow, both of those things together. I'm gonna to talk about this, okay? A culture of belonging. We are a people that are physically welcoming, reaching beyond ourselves to create a place for others to belong. We have a place for other, oh, yep, yep, next line. We have a culture that continues to invite people, get this, beyond surface relationships where each person can be truly known and loved. We want to create an atmosphere where people are welcome, but also not just to stay at that surface level, but invite people into a deeper level of relationship where they can actually be known, loved, and have people walk alongside of them to be able to grow. Okay, so this is this is this culture of belonging that we have here, and and I'm I'm really thankful because as I look at our church and as I look at the people that are part of our church, I see this happening all the time. I see people that just reach out and grab a hold of people and invite them into their worlds, invite them into their spaces, and it's just this incredible, amazing thing to be able to see take place. And so I want to commend you because this is something that is in the culture of our church. And I know this, that it's something that God wants to continue to breathe on our church as we grow and as we move forward, this idea of belonging. The second thing is a culture of transparency. Now, when I say a culture of transparency, there is a group of us that go, oh, right, I can share everything about me. Wonderful. Everybody's going to know every detail of my life. And there are those of us who are like, I will never say another word again. <laughs> right? I mean, just being real. Like this is anytime you have this transparency word, it's like, you want me to do what? Excuse me? This is what I understand. If we are a church that cares for that tends, that looks out for, it creates an atmosphere for people to truly be transparent. Not a forced thing, but something that is a natural outworking of what God is doing through us, okay? This is what we're going for, and it takes intentionality with all of us. It takes all of us being able to be in that place to receive what somebody's saying, walk through that season with them, and, and create these safe places. We say it this way, we are an emotionally honest, 
<laughs> with ourselves and with others, okay? This is really important. It's, it's hard enough to be emotionally honest with yourself, you know? Like, this, this is a thing. I've, I've wrestled with this. Like, I don't really want to admit how I'm actually doing. Like, who does that? <laughs> That's not a thing. But we are emotionally honest with ourselves and with others. We share how we are really doing, not hiding behind facades. Now, now, now with this, I just, I, this is, God is doing this work in me right now because it's so interesting as you live life and you think you're a certain person, you think you're a certain way and you start to identify areas where you're like, yeah, I think I've kind of maybe started to like try to be someone a little bit in these spaces. It's really interesting when you come back to realizing, okay, God, help me to be transparent with my life in all areas. We share moments of celebration as well as failure, frustration, and even spiritual doubt. We want to be a place where if you're walking through something in life, you're able to be with people who will go, okay, let's walk through this. Let's process the questions. Let's look through the things. There, there, there's people right now in our church who I know are wrestling with the goodness of God, wrestling with how God is actually working in their life and through their life right now. And I want to tell you that that's a place, we want to be a place where we can actually navigate through those things to understand what God is doing. We are not creating an atmosphere of judgment, but an atmosphere of freedom and transparency. And then this is the key right here. God cannot heal what we hide. This is, this is so, so key for us is to be able to actually do that because that's where the healing comes. Now, now I'm just being completely honest. This is really hard to do and it can seem very daunting. But if we are a church that's committed to this as a culture, it sets the tone and allows it to be a safe place, a place where there can be those conversations that take place in life. So this is what we're going for. Now the Holy Spirit has to help us with all of these things, right? but this is what we're doing, okay? The third thing is a culture of compassion. A culture of compassion. As I look at what God has called us to do as the church is to have compassion on those that are walking through whatever season of life. The idea of compassion in the Bible is, is around this idea of empathy. It's actually seeing where somebody's at and being able to actually fully process where they're at and sit in that with them. We say it this way, we care for people in every season of life. We don't always have the right words to say, but we always have the love of Christ to give. How many of you are thankful for that? You don't have to have the right words, but if you have the love of Christ to be able to pour out to somebody. Whether that's in a listening ear, a shoulder to cry on, or someone to laugh with, we are people moved with compassion. We are people that are moved with compassion for those around us. Now, compassion is motivated by love, and we're actually going to spend a whole week on love, and so I'm going to save that for later, but that is the motivation behind this idea of compassion, and it's to each other, it's to the group, it's to individuals. A couple things where I see this in the life of Jesus so beautifully, Matthew 9, Jesus came on the shore, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them, and he met their need. In Matthew 7, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. And when the Lord saw her, who's her? A widow whose son had died. They were going out of the city in this burial procession to go and have the funeral. And when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her. 
The thing about Jesus's compassion is it wasn't just words, but it actually had action behind it. His compassion motivated him to move and to reach into people's lives and to meet their need. So we are a culture of belonging. We're a culture of transparency. We are a culture of, um, what's the last one I just said? Thank you, yes. There was a lot of words for like just one word. Compassion, yes, yes. Now with compassion is this, and this is the other side of this where if, if, if we are truly called to people, then there are gonna be moments in life where we have to have the hard conversations. Yeah, there are good times, and there's times of just encouraging and loving, and I love building those up. There's also times with the hard conversations have to happen. We are a culture of invitation and challenge. Invitation and challenge. Two key words. Invitation means this. We want to be a culture where people can come and they can be a part and we invite them into life and we invite them into to doing life together and all of this and, and the beautiful things that come in relationship and community and all of this together. We want to invite people into that. But with that comes a challenge that also is at play. We say it this way. We invite everyone into a deeper walk with God and challenge each other to grow in the character and competency of Christ to take bold steps of faith and to live lives committed to the gospel. Invitation and challenge. Now, now what's so beautiful about this, and this is, this is the cool thing, is this is exactly what Jesus does with us. Because you see, when you come to Christ, you get to come exactly how you are in the space of life you are with an open invitation into relationship with him. Isn't that cool? But, when we come, Jesus will also start doing things in your life. He'll start to work on things in your life. He'll start to transform and change and challenge things. I heard somebody say this and everybody and their mom claimed this quote, so I didn't put anybody next to it because I don't know who to quote. Jesus loves you where you're at, but he loves you too much to leave you there. You either come as you are and you better believe that he loves you so much that he is going to challenge areas in your life for there to be growth. A couple examples from Jesus. The, there was a, a lady that was brought to Jesus that was caught in the act of adultery. And she was brought and thrown down in front of Jesus. Obviously, like if she was caught in the act of adultery, then somebody who was in that was also there that brought her. So just figure that one out. But anyway, the religious leaders gathered around with this, with this lady and they were all going to stone her, right? According to the law of Moses, they were going to stone her and Jesus does the coolest thing ever. He gets down and he starts writing in the ground. We don't know what that is. Why? Is that not recorded? Come on, John. But he starts writing. And what happens? One by one, they start dropping the stones and leaving until there's only her and Jesus. And what does he say to her? He stood up and he said to her, woman, where are they? Where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. So Jesus said, neither do I. Invitation. I don't condemn you. I don't hold this over your head. I don't expect you to have your life figured out before you come to me. Neither do I condemn you. And from now on, go and sin no more. 
Invitation, challenge. Invitation, challenge. Do you see how this works? Okay, another example, Mark 10. And Jesus, he's talking to the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler came and said, what do I need to follow you? I've, I've, I've done all the commands. I've done everything since I was little. And Jesus said, awesome, that's wonderful. But he looked at him and he loved him. And he said, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. What did Jesus do? He invited him and he said, come follow me. But I'm gonna challenge you because there's an area of your life that has you bound and trapped in this area of possessions. So he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you in that. There are times as the body, when we are to challenge one another. It's not always fun. It's not. I, I hate confrontation. Like, hate it. But there's times I know that if God has called me and you to truly love people as our calling, that because we love them, we are going to say something to speak life into an area, to challenge an area so that things don't just stay the same. It's hard to do, but I tell you what, when there's that iron sharpening iron, there is a beautiful thing that takes place in our lives. So this is, this is what God is doing and, and, and for us to verbalize and put verbiage around the idea of what people as our calling are, we want to have these cultures built that allow people to be able to connect with God, to grow in their relationship with God, to grow in their relationship with one another, and to really find life in the community here of one life. Does all of this make sense? Does this make sense? So this is, this is what we're doing. Now remember, remember, it's all, it all comes down to this. Going back to what Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? And he asked that question to us all the time. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. I, I have to answer that on a daily basis. Yes, Lord, I love you. Awesome. Take care of the flock. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Yes, I love you. Tend the sheep. One life. Do you love him? Yes. Tend the sheep. Care for the sheep. Feed the sheep. Let people be the motivation for your life. Encourage, have compassion, love on, challenge, build people up. We are all part of this. It's not my responsibility. I know what my responsibility is, but it's all of us working together to build what God has called us to build in this place. Amen? Amen? Um, real practical, and then we're going to end. September 23rd. Is a, is a real practical outworking of a way that we have an opportunity to do this. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but uh, we're gonna do a neighborhood barbecue outreach on the 23rd with a neighborhood right around here. And, uh, and we're gonna do bounce houses and food and face painting and, and all of that. And it's just gonna be super fun to be able to, to just bless that community and have a lot of fun with them. But also we're gonna have a prayer tent set up. We're gonna do a little bit of worship. We want to be there to be the hands and feet of Jesus to help build this culture, not only when we get together as a church, but when we go out as a church. 
So the same things that I'm talking about right here, the same things that Jesus had called Peter to are the same things that we get to take with us out into the community on the 23rd. It's a really, really practical way to do this. And you can scan that QR code, you can go into the app, but I would encourage you, if people are our calling, right? If, if, if they're our calling, if they're who God has put in front of us to love and to bring the love of Christ to, then I would really challenge you to come and be a part of this. There's a bunch of different areas that you can sign up for and be involved in, and those are all listed out there, and you can sign up and then you can come be a part of that. But I'm really believing, and this is, this is the thing that I'm just, I'm, I'm fully, I know that God has something special for this time, and I'm gonna be believing that God is gonna use us to change some people's lives. I'm, I know that there are gonna be people there that are at the end of their rope. I know that there are gonna be people there that are walking through and just trying to figure out life and all of this. And how cool is it for us to go out as the body of Christ, carrying the presence of Jesus to be able to bring out and love on people. I think that's a pretty cool opportunity that we get to have. So get into the app. You can sign up on that, find a way to be involved. It's gonna be next Saturday. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be communicating with everybody that signs up, get all the details and everything that way. Um, but people, people, as you go into your week this week, I want you to keep in front of you people. Who has God put in front of you to be able to love on? Because I guarantee you, he's put people in front of each one of us to be able to love and bring the love of Christ to. Amen? Amen. Okay. Uh, I'm going to wrap up service and... Um, I want to do this uh, at the end of every service. I want to give an opportunity for people who might be listening to this and they hear about community, they hear about life, they hear about all of these, these cool benefits of being the body of Christ. But you might be here and you might actually just be at a place where you're like, I don't even know if I have the very basic first part, which is a relationship with Jesus. Like, I love the thought of benefit and doing life together. I don't know if I so much like the idea of transparency. Like, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But I like this idea of being part of a family that love one another. And, uh, but maybe you're at a place where, you know what, you're, you're like, I, I just, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus today, to put your faith in him. This is not an a, um, overly complicated thing. All we do is, is when we do, we, we, we say a prayer and it isn't a special prayer formulated with any kind of special words. But what it is, is it's just you putting your faith of your life in Jesus as your savior and as your Lord. And so I wanna give you the opportunity to do that today and then I'll pray, we'll close and we'll go out and we'll have some donuts. But if you're here, as we pray, we're all gonna pray together. I would encourage you to just pray this out with faith, making Jesus your Lord and your Savior, putting your faith in him and beginning a relationship with, with the Father who loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me here this morning. We're all gonna pray this prayer together. And again, if you want to take that step today to put your faith in Jesus, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. Repeat after me, Jesus, I come to you today. And I thank you for taking my sins on the cross, for carrying them, and for wiping them away. I recognize that you died, rose again, and conquered death and the grave. And today, I put my faith in you as my Lord, as my Savior, and as my God. I ask you to come into my life to fill my life with your presence.
to lead me and guide me every step of the day. I love you so much. Amen. If you pray that prayer, I just want to say welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. It's the coolest thing that you can ever do is do that prayer. And uh, I, I would invite you, you know, I'm not sales pitching you in any sort of way, but that same connection card that I talked about, you can fill out that you asked Christ into your life and you can put that in a bucket on your way out. I would love the privilege of being able to follow up with you to provide you with some next steps. Out in the lobby, there's a connection center that has Bibles and a little book called Following Jesus. And I would encourage you to stop, pick that up. That's free of charge. If you gave your life to the Lord, it's just some things to start you on that journey with him. So that's yours. You can stop. You can pick that up today. But why don't we stand? I'm going to pray one more time for all of us, and then we'll be dismissed out uh, to all of the things that are taking out, uh, taking place out there today. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in one life over these last five years. And Lord, I thank you for what you have ahead of us. And Father, I pray that as you lead us forward, that Father, you would make it so clear what you have for us, what's gonna take place. Lord, continue to guide us by your spirit. I pray for every person here who calls One Life home, anybody who's visiting here today. Lord, I pray that your spirit would walk with every single one of them. Lord, empower them this week with strength, with joy, with virtue. And Lord, I pray that as they step into this week, that Father, that you would use them mightily to love the people that you have put in front of each one of us. We all have family, we all have coworkers and friends and people that you have put. And Father, I pray that you would help us to be aware of the people that you've put around us and be your hands and feet to pour out the love of Jesus upon them. Lord, we love you. I thank you that you are guiding us this week and leading us. And I thank you so much for this incredible family. Bless them this week in Jesus' name. And everybody said...